powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. I'm not going to overreact. I'm not. I'm not going to overreact. I might. I might overreact a little bit. That. That was a rough one. That was a rough one. Let's. Uh, let's go straight into the word from our sponsor here before. Uh, before I ruin the mood for him. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction Canada's sportsbook. Football continues. The World Series has begun, and they have dropped the puck on the hockey season. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Ontario only. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right, folks. How, how are we feeling? How are we feeling after that one? Um, oh my goodness. Okay. So first of all, was the game fun? A bit. That was kind of a little bit, you know, if, if, you know, I think, I think any, any kid who's psyched to be able to stay up and watch a game, nice little afternoon, afternoon game there, probably had a blast with all the goals. Um, hopefully none of those kids are watching this because I'm about to like, just tear into this team. Um, Anton Forsberg should never have to play a game like that. That's brutal. That is absolutely brutal. Um, I'm not sure what the official shot count was after the first. I saw on the broadcast at the end of the first, and I believe it said 24 to 4, but then on the opening face off of the second period, it said 26. To four. Either way, when you when you have to make fifty saves at the end of a game, by the end of a game, if you have fifty saves anywhere near there, your team completely failed you. The fact that the Sens were in this game at all was completely undeserved, and Anton Forsberg deserves the next. I don't know. Seven straight first stars. Um, God, okay, so I guess the the biggest thing to talk about for this game, other than the fact that the Senators didn't show up for most of it, the uh, the fact that Zub is out for three weeks and we kind of got a little glimpse of what the defense is going to be looking like for the next for the next three weeks or so. That, um, to be honest, I am a lot more concerned. With Zoo being out for three weeks and Norris being out for three plus months, the 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 forward group is 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 deep enough. Um, most of them had a bad game tonight, this afternoon, evening, whatever. Who cares? Most of them had a rough game, but the forward group is a lot deeper. Missing Zub and the result of missing Zub, it having Zaitsev on the PK. Zaitsev playing four and four. I'm getting so ahead of myself. I'm ready to start just like yelling. The defense is a nightmare. Um, okay, let's start. We got okay. We got to start with Zaitsev. We got to start with the fact that Nikita Zaitsev. Let me just let me just refresh the ice time. I just need to double check on the ice time because. 
Shabbat finished the game with nearly a friggin' half hour played again because of course he did. Uh, he dude does that even when Zub is okay. Here we go. So yeah, Shabbat finished the game with twenty nine minutes sixteen seconds played. The second most ice time from any defenseman on the Ottawa Senators was Nikita Zaitsev at 19 minutes and 25 seconds. That's not that's not sustainable. That's not you don't win by having Zaitsev play 20 minutes a night. Granted, I also don't want to see Shabbat play 30 minutes a night. That's that's also not sustainable in, in, in a completely different way. Shabbat playing 30 minutes a night, the dude, he's going to end up with an injury 40 games in. Like, his body can't take that. Zaitsev being on the ice 20 minutes a night just means that the Sens are basically a man down 20 minutes a night. It's... I, I can't... The, 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 the deployment on defense is so strange... At the very least, Sanderson also cracked 19 minutes. Uh, who else we got here? So I'm just going to run through the ice time for the defense because I think that's the most interesting thing about the deployment of tonight's game. You know who played the least out of anyone is Branstrom at 13:50, which, in a normal, in, in a healthy lineup, I get, I get. But when Zaitsev is on the ice. You gotta bump Branstrom up to be a 15, 16 minute player. Nick Holden barely cracked 15 minutes at 1508, and I think he had a solid enough game as far as. So, I gotta preface everything I say this game. I think everything I'm gonna say, whether it's positive or negative, for the most part in this game, is just in the bubble of this one game. Because I can't say. I, I'm gonna say this player looked decent enough. And most of them look terrible. To be like, just the fact is, the Sens look awful. The thing I gotta stick with is within this this game, some of them looked awful, and some of them looked a little less awful. That's not how you want to be going about this, but that's just the way the way it is after that game. So Holden played 15 minutes, barely cracked 15 minutes. Zaitsev played 19:25. Hamnick plays 18:35. <laughs> had a Little 1350, uh, Shabbat 2916, Sanderson 1912, and Anton Forsberg with 53 saves. My goodness. So I understand Zaitsev on the PK to an extent. You're kind of stuck. If you're taking four guys, putting them on the PK, and Zub is out, your number one defensive defenseman, Zub is out, you're trying to find a guy to put on the PK to replace him. And Zaitsev is in the lineup. I guess your your hands are kind of tied. Given the roster, you kind of have to go with Zaitsev, I guess. I mean, you could go, who would you put on the PK? I guess Hamannick, Sanderson, Holden. And I guess Shabbat, if you can get away with Shabbat not playing on the PK, try and take his ice time down a bit, I think you do that. But then... I get it. so so to an extent. If he's not playing twenty minutes a game, if he's put on the ice for about call it thirty to forty seconds of a PK, ideally, fine. Put Zaitsev out on the ice. What I don't understand is Zaitsev ever touching the ice when it's four on four. There was there was a there was a couple instances of four on four in in, in the game today. 
And and I'm pretty sure Zaitsev hit the ice and had a shift in each of them. When there's that much ice, when there's that much open ice, and you have as many skilled players, like that's the, that's the thing. This roster is better than they're playing at least today. When you have as many skilled players as you do on the Ottawa Senators, you have zero excuse to put Zaitsev on four on four. Zero excuse. I don't care if you're worried about breaking up the pairings. I don't care. Zaitsev should never see the ice in four on four. That is a joke. Oh, is there anything else I want to be negative about before I talk about the very few positives? Uh, very few forwards looked even half decent defensively in this game. It felt like, especially that top line and the third line were getting just caved in defensively. We're not even going to talk about the first period. The first period in this game was the worst period of of, of the Sen season, which is incredible after the last game against the, the Minnesota Wild had that second period. I genuinely thought that second period was going to hold up as the worst period of the season for quite some time. No, that that that, that was done within a couple days. The first period was... a just embarrassing embarrassing i know i've been saying it all season that the sens have been playing like shit the first period and they get it together in the second and third not to the level that they played like shit in this first period it was a joke I, and i'm always saying it looks like a different team plays the first period this is completely outclassing the level of dog shit this team plays like in most first periods i couldn't believe i couldn't believe it and yeah, Florida's a good team. And when they said, at the beginning of the game, when they said Barkov has not yet scored this season, right there, every Sens fan should have known he was putting one in. If a team can't have a player score his first career goal or his second career goal, you fucking know that player's going to score their first goal of the season in that game. Brutal. Um, I am completely lost. I am uh, very rambly at the best of times. I don't even know where to go with this game. Oh my god. Okay, so we're going to talk about the game a little bit more. And we're going to talk about ways to try and fix what's going on. I've already ragged about I've already ragged on about the uh, about the ice times. The fact that Pinto still isn't permanently a second liner can we get that fixed please granted i i was just saying so every line was getting caved in every line was getting caved in defensively Giroud and debrinket had some good chances relative to the rest of the team i mean most of the forwards had at least a chance at some point they didn't look awful the whole game they just looked awful defensively for most of the game I don't want to talk about the forwards too much. I want to focus on defense because defense is going to be a nightmare for weeks. The fact that Pinto isn't the permanent second line center yet is an issue. Starting next game against Tampa, I I want to see him between DeBrinket and Giroux. Or if you want to get weird with it and move Giroux at center and then Try and move things around. Just something. I want to see Pinto in the top six. I don't want to be... I've seen people tweeting put Stutzel on the third line. I've seen... like I'm down to react, but I don't want to overreact. 
and I think I think making more than one, you know, one fairly large move is going to be overreacting. I don't even know where to go. I'm just going to look at my notes. I'm just going to look at my notes. Um, yeah, stop calling that second period a bounce back for the Sens. For real. They scored two goals in the first five minutes. Awesome. They converted on the power play. I'm, I'm happy for them. That was great. Wonderful. But they still allowed another 20 shots. You can't allow 20 shots in the first... 20 plus shots in the first and second period. And expect to be anywhere within reach of, of a game. Unless you have someone like Anton Forsberg just friggin' stand on his head. And make save after save after save that he shouldn't have to. Just, I don't I don't even know. I, oh my god. Mm. For anyone who's watched uh, for anyone who's watched any uh, game over Vancouver, if you saw Kaya jump on her bed and just let out her best Steve scream, this game this game made me want to do that a few times, but I'm holding back. I'm not going full Steve until halfway through the season, and that's my goal. I can't go full Steve before game 41. Maybe 42. The game needs to start with the four for me to be to go full Steve. Um, God, I just... I'm trying to think of something to talk about that isn't just me complaining. Because I had a great time the last episode covering the wild game. Despite the loss, I had a great time. We kept it light mostly. It was a good time. I'm having a tougher time keeping it light and, and fun and breezy. And other adjectives like that. Um, I just, uh, I got nothing else to talk. Let's look at the let's look at the ice time for the forwards. That's fun. Um, yeah, to bring it. So the top six naturally all all coming in around twenty minutes. Uh, Lois is Batherson at sixteen fifty eight. So they're all basically between seventeen twenty minutes. That's fine. Whatever. Um, Pinto playing 12 minutes and yes I have said the third line was getting caved in defensively I don't care they were having a better offensive game than the top two lines most of the day afternoon I can't decide I'm going to say tonight I don't whatever the third the third line offensively I felt was putting together better chances than the top two lines for most of the game the top two lines had chances. The third line had better chances consistently at the very least. Shane Pinto playing 12 minutes is a joke. 12 minutes? Like, I get it. They're, they're fighting for ice time. They're fighting for ice time. The top six... Is supposed to be loaded with Norris out. I get, you know, maybe not so much now. Now that, especially with, on a good day when the whole team is healthy, you don't play Pinto 12 minutes. Pinto should be playing 14, 15 minutes on, on a standard game. Everyone's healthy. The fact that he's playing 12 minutes with an injury in the top six and he's still not on the second line is brutal. Just brutal. Oh my gosh. Um I'm going to just I'm going to look at the live chat and just and just go through 
anything people want to talk about because I'm running out of ideas. Uh, yeah, so what are your thoughts on DJ? Uh, people losing faith in DJ Smith. The, 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 the ice time is weird, I think. He's, he's playing Pinto way too little, playing Zaitsev way too much. You should never... It should never be the case of when you put your number seven defenseman in because of an injury, that number seven defenseman plays 20 minutes and is second on D in ice time. That doesn't make any sense. It it, 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 it shouldn't even be an option. That shouldn't be on the table. It's, it's, I, the fact that that's how it worked is, is just mind-blowing to me. It's a joke. How do you not bump up a guy like Holden to more time? He's been solid so far. Reward Brandstrom for having probably a string of, what, four or five games where he looked fantastic and was playing the best hockey of his life. And he plays 13.50 when Zaitsev is playing 20 minutes. And I'm not saying Brandstrom's the key to fixing everything. He's not. the team. When, when the team has Hamannick and Zaitsev both in, both playing around the 18 to 20 minute mark, there's nothing you can do. Either put them together and then know that you're going to get friggin' shelled for 20 minutes a night or separate them and know that you have a liability on the ice on two out of three pairs. Why? Why wouldn't you call up someone like who do they call? I they called up Hetherington, I think. Why don't you call up JBD, Jacob Bernard Docker, or Lassie Thompson, or just like someone with a bit of upside? Just anyone with a bit of offensive upside. And I get the plan. I get. I and I understand the 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 point of view with DJ Smith looking at looking at the lineup and saying, okay, so Zub's out. The number one defensive guy is out. Our top PK guy, our shutdown man is out. Got to replace him and got to try and just take someone, put that guy in that slot and get a shutdown defenseman in the line. I Just if, if they're good at playing friggin' hockey in a scenario where there's an injury, just put the best hockey players out on the ice. I don't give a fuck about roles or, or anything. Like... When you when you when when Zub is injured and 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 you believe that the best way to win this game is to make sure that Zaitsev is in the lineup and playing big minutes on the PK and four on four, that's nuts. That's insane. And and you know what? If if the next game against Tampa, we then see Zaitsev plays like ten minutes and is isn't seen anywhere near the PK or four on four, then props to DJ. He gave it a shot. He, he went with his first instinct, realized it didn't work, and then adjusted. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for one game. He thought maybe, you know what, if, if, if Zaitsev has this opportunity, maybe he'll seize it. And he didn't. So now, adjust for the game against Tampa. And know that you're not playing Zaitsev for more than 10 minutes. Well, that's probably not realistic. If I, if you want Shabbat to come back down to like 25 minutes, you probably have to play Zaitsev for like 12 minutes. But try to keep it five on five for the love of God. Uh, that's just, I, I think it's just poor, I, th I think it's just poor lineup decisions. 
And I'm not saying poor lineup decisions is why they lost this game. The Sens lost this game because they played like dog shit and were getting caved in at any given moment. The team played, it was a joke. And I can't believe that Forsberg kept them in it. And I think I'm kind of looping back already. I think we're like 20 minutes in and I'm already looping back and repeating myself. Uh, yeah, Shabbat is playing way too much. Like, Shabbat, here's the thing with Shabbat. Shabbat's already been struggling this season to an extent. He looks all right, but he doesn't look like Thomas Shabbat. He doesn't look like the number one defenseman that, that not just Sens fans, but I think the rest of the league is finally kind of checking in and, and, and noticing how good Thomas Shabbat has been for as long as he has been. I can't even string together a friggin' sentence right now. Thomas Shabbat is a number one level defenseman. He's not, you know, he's not going to be like a top five guy, like elite number one, right? But he'd fit as a top defenseman on most teams. He's that good. And he's got to play like it. Just listen, with, with Zub out, it depends. It depends on whether or not Shabbat or Sanderson can play on their on, on their offside. I want to see Shabbat Sanderson. I want to see that tried as a pair. I want to see them both play twenty five minutes. Well, maybe maybe Sanderson not twenty five. That's probably a bit of a stretch. I want to see Shabbat play twenty five. I want to see Sanderson break twenty. If there has to be two guys that break twenty minutes on the on the defense, it better be Sanderson. Because there's zero reason for anyone else to be playing that much. Um, just odd choices in the lineup. Okay, so so final. Okay, I think I think I think the bottom line is this: odd, and now we know poor decisions with the lineup that didn't cause the nightmare of a game that just happened. But definitely didn't help prevent it. Just, just brutal deployment and brutal playing by everyone involved. Just a rough, rough game. Really, the only highlight is 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 Anton Forsberg, who, bless his heart, uh. Because it's probably damn near friggin' stopping after today. It's just... <sighs> Dude should never have to play like that again this season. That's a joke. You give up 50 shots. What I have been psyched and gloating and and just, you know, hitting that sends button like three or four times throughout this episode if the sends had won, for sure I would have. For sure I would have. Absolutely. What I have still spent a good, like, probably 10, 15 minutes talking about how most of that game was a fucking nightmare. You betcha. Just, just really, really rough all around. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go from there. Oh, man. There's got to be something else that, that, that I can talk about to fill up some space because can I find anything to talk about that isn't me just being furious? Uh, a couple of injury scares for the Sens. Uh, Mott left the... Mott, Mott went uh, 
to the dressing room after he took a hit from uh, from Sam Bennett. Came back before the end of the period, so that was fine. Uh, Hamnick took off at one point. He came back. That's fine. Um, God, could you imagine if if the Sens were dealing with like two more injuries? Uh, I thought DeBrinkett was going to be hurt after uh, after he drew that penalty, that that tripping penalty, where I think it was Eric Stahl. No, Eric, Eric Stahl have the, have the penalty on on when it was four and four with Shabbat. Anyway, someone tripped DeBrinkett. Had, that was when Stick was stuck in his skate, and 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 Dabrinka was holding his hand, kind of shaking it out as he was heading back to the bench. But then he was playing on the power play following that that call. So I think I think he's fine. Fingers crossed. I think Dabrinka's fine. Um, God, that uh, it was it was yeah, Radko Gudis who fought Parker Kelly that. Yeah, when when Cat fell, thought he broke his wrist. I, I, I as soon as when he when he hit the ice, I was ready to just like f- assume the worst. Just sometimes, as a Sens fan, uh, sometimes you you've just learned to to assume the worst. Uh, the Gudis uh, Parker Kelly fight was weird. Um, I don't even know if anyone really threw a punch before they just kind of both hurtled head first into the boards. That was a little scary, actually. I thought I thought they both could have had some some serious like they both the way they went into the boards looked like it was just like two neck injuries waiting to happen. That was that was that was a bit scary. Um, what else we got here? I gotta fill up time here, folks. I'm sorry. I I, I <laughs> this is oh man. So this was weird. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but uh, that that goal that Brady scored was actually in the same play, like no whistles in between, when uh, when Forsberg robbed uh, ex Senator Rudy Balsers, uh, when 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 Forsberg robbed him on a really nice play, like ninety seconds before. I don't even know how long that play was between whistles. It must have been at least two minutes. But ninety seconds before Brady scores, that's when Forsberg had the really nice stop on Balsers. And he and it looked like he that also scared me. If we're talking about like potential injuries, when Forsberg was down for a good two three seconds without really moving a whole lot, just he was like on all fours. You know, you, you assume the worst always, um, but then he got up, made the uh, follow up save from the shot from the point, back and forth a couple times, and he got the Bathurst into Kachuk goal, which was great. Um, yeah, that was like what at least two minutes without a whistle that that led to that goal. Um, I actually went back and, and I had to watch it a couple times just to make sure I wasn't losing it. Um, God, what else? What else is there to even talk about? That game was a mess. Um, okay, so let's talk about how we're going to react when they play their next game which is against Tampa, and I want to say it's... I should know when the next game is. When is the next game? Is that Monday or Tuesday? It's Tuesday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. A normal time at 7 p.m. Gotta love that. Okay, so expectations for that game. If the Sens don't give up 50-plus shots and... You know what? Let's take it one step at a time. Don't give up fifty plus shots, and that's uh, that's a positive at least. But what, what what real? I think realistic expectations from that game. Um, 
not just out of out of performances, but just out of how they're 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 used. The players are used. Don't give up fifty shots, and for the love of God, just rejig the D pairings, and just please give out ice time based on. I don't even know what the ice time. I don't even know what DJ Smith was using as as a measurement of who should get what ice time. It makes it it made zero zero sense. The fact that Zaitsev, I'm going, I'm back, <laughs> back to Zaitsev. I'm back to Zaitsev. Zaitsev played 20 minutes and and he was so so responsible for I believe the second goal for Florida. Let me just double check my notes. Um. I, yeah, Zaitsev with a bad giveaway on uh, on that Barkov goal. Just a brutal giveaway, and then it doesn't even look like he's he's got the puck. It doesn't even look like he's trying he's trying to clear it. In that scenario, you think he's going to try and go off the boards or at least clear the puck out of the zone. It just it doesn't even look like he's he's attempting the 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 amount of of force he put behind that. I don't even know what to call it. We'll, we'll be generous and call it a clear. The amount of strength he put behind that clearing attempt. It doesn't even look like he was trying to clear the zone. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, you know what? You know what we have to do? We have to talk about this one play that Hamnick had that was really good. I am going to uh, talk about a fantastic... Um, a fantastic Hamannick shift because I have to. I have to. Uh, I have to, uh, you know, be upfront and 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 say I was wrong and hi to everyone who said Charlie, you're wrong. Uh, don't take Hamannick out and put Zaitsev in for one game as an experiment, which granted didn't happen. And and we've we've now learned that Zaitsev is for sure no good because he replaced Holden the second time. Either way, either way, Hamnick is better than Zaitsev. I still don't love Hamnick being an everyday player, but we're going to start a new segment where every time Hamnick has a really good shift, I'm going to talk about it because I like to uh, just really lean into when I'm wrong. So he had a fantastic shift, uh, which was leading up to the third goal that um, you know was no goal. It was the, uh, I don't even know who would have scored that. It was where everyone thought Sanderson had his first goal off of a skate, um, but then it was goaltender interference, which I actually do agree with that. In that case, I do think that's like clear-cut goaltender interference. Um, he probably wouldn't have had it either way, but you can't you can't say it's a good goal based on hypotheticals. It, it was goaltender interference either way. So Hamnick with a fantastic shift leading to the third goal. So that was when he uh, he so Matt Kachuk was 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 parked in front of the net. Shot fired from the point. Kachuk was in a perfect, perfect position to deflect it. I gotta say, I gotta stop saying just Kachuk. Matt Kachuk. We gotta be specific. We gotta be specific here. Matt Kachuk parked in front of the net. Perfect position to deflect it. And Hamnick breaks up that pass. Perfect, like a perfect breakup of that pass. Then chases his own puck that he deflected into the corner, like fast, like 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 with a purpose gets to the corner and fires off a perfect pass to Parker Kelly on target strong pass i couldn't believe it was hamnick uh and then that that play going up the ice from from Parker Kelly receiving the puck led to 
the uh, disallowed third goal for the Sens. And I just need to highlight that Travis Hamannick had a really good shift, and I was genuinely very impressed by it. Um, and I don't think he took a stupid penalty this game. If, if I'm racking my brain thinking back to it, I don't think he took a bad penalty. So uh, we're getting some progress there. But, of course, that progress comes with Zaitsev playing 20 minutes a game. So, you know, all, you can only ask for so much. You can only expect so much. Um, yeah, honestly, they got to call up Lassie Thompson. They got to call up JBD, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker. Either or. I am thrilled with either or. Let's get either one of those guys on the ice for... God, just do whatever you need to do to keep Zaitsev down to... Ideally, no ice time. I I think I think with with Zub hurt, and you call up Lassie Thompson or Jacob Bernard Docker, Zaitsev should still be the scratch. Either way, if 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 DJ Smith is like no 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 Zaitsev is the direct replacement for Zub on the PK, dear God, we are fucked. But if that's the case, he should never be playing more than 11, 12 minutes in a game. Just that that should be the cutoff. So uh Yeah. God, I'd love to see Lassie or JBD though. I'll just just to see what they have at the NHL level. Just give him like a good shot. Because that's the thing, Zub is out for three weeks. It's not like Zaitsev is coming in for one game. It's not like you're calling up someone to play a game or two and then sending them down and just completely fucking with their system, their whole habits. Leading up to a game, their game time routine, whatever it might be that you're fucking up. You don't have to worry. Zub is out for three weeks. Call up a guy. He's got a good six, seven games minimum. See what you have. See see what you got in the minors. Like, am I am I nuts for, for thinking that this is a perfect opportunity to call someone up who at the very least is should be in the organization's plans two, three years down the road? Like, how 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 is this even a conversation? Zaitsev isn't, isn't the solution for three weeks. Sure, he's worst case scenario that you stick him into the lineup for a game or two if someone's out with, like, the flu or something. Not when you know you're down, you're probably number, like, third best defenseman on the team, uh, top defensive guy at the very least for three weeks. Give give a rookie give give a give a prospect who's looking good in the minors a solid look. See what you have. Give them that amount of time to, at the very least, get in the habit of playing in NHL games. Because if you call up a guy and give him two games and then send them back down, like what's what's that gonna? In that case, I get it. Play Zaitsev. Fuck it. Whatever. But when it's three weeks, I'm I'm going back and forth. When when it's three weeks, call a guy up, give him give him an opportunity to play six seven games in a row, and 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 see what you have. <sighs> God, either way, um, one thing we can all uh, be excited about is even if uh, that Chikrin trade doesn't happen, and and the Sens will find a way to both acquire Chikrin and move Zaitsev in the same deal. Buying out Zaitsev at the end of the season is pretty all right. It uh, is going to be a buyout period of uh, two years. The first year would be 2.8 against the cap. And the second season, I believe, if I remember correctly off the top of my head, would be about 833K. So they'd have 2.8 against the cap from 23-24. 
And then in 24-25, it would be just a little over 800 grand. I think that's a no-brainer to buy him out. Uh, granted, there is only going to be one year left on this contract following the season. I still say you buy him out and then call up a guy like JBD or Lassie Thompson. Take a spot in the top six defense full-time. Between the 2.8 mil or so that you'd have on the books from Zaitsev being bought out, plus their ELC, you're still saving money. And you're getting a better performance on the ice. It's a no-brainer. Either way, um, let's hope the Tuesday's game against Lightning is better. Uh, and let's all keep counting down to uh, when the Sens are going to buy out Zaitsev at the end of the season. So, uh, yeah. Sorry for, uh, for for how much of a mess this this episode probably was. I appreciate everyone tuning in. I have not yet thought of a... Uh, of a tagline to end it. I was going to uh, put Mod on the spot with this one. Unfortunately, she's sick. She's feeling under the weather today, so took this one on solo. Uh, but hopefully she'll be back, and we'll both be uh, talking about the game on Tuesday against the Lightning. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Go, Sens, go. Uh, for the love of God, please, please do not be under 500 following the Tampa game. I'll see you guys next time.